Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, 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 what's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome to the second show of the week. Back in the studio, joined by the big man, Murph. How you doing, brother? All good, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, excited that the middle of the week is finally here. This is like, I think I've had one day off in the last four weeks or something, so I'm stoked that's, for the weekend. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm working way too much. I don't even know why, but that is neither here nor there because it's fantasy football time. We've got an absolute banger of a guest today. It's Matt Williams. So he's the co-owner, managing editor, and head of content for FF Statistics, host of DF Statistics, and CFO of Clipcast. Matt, welcome to Five Yard Rush. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to finally come on the show. Well, we appreciate you coming on. It's, it's been a long time in the coming, in the making even. Um, there's a bit of a link uh, between us and you in the sense of uh, one of one of our guys, Rich King, uh, writes for you. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, He's been with us a short while now. Uh, he's, he's doing a great job. I, I love Rich and all the work he does. And the draft boards too. Uh, I know something he does. Uh, we're going to be we're uh, we're going out to the F- football hall of fame in Canton for a big uh, convention in August, and we're going to do like one of those big live drafts because I've I've actually never been a part of one. I always wanted to do one of those like big live drafts where you got like you know the huge stickers or you throw it up on the board. Like I've done one with like laptops is all kind of boring, but yeah, I want to do the whole big like over the top draft kit thing. So uh, uh, hopefully we'll get to use his stuff for that. That'd be amazing. We have just launched yesterday our uh, live draft that we're going to be putting together with mix of a live show. Um, so we're going to find 12 people or I guess 11 people near us who want to draft live, who perhaps like you have not had that experience, especially in the UK. Live drafts are quite rare. This is hard finding 12 people that uh, have done fantasy football for a number of years and want to do it. And we're using one of Rich's draft kits for that. So it's a uh, yeah, they're, they're great. He does uh, some really good work on that. It's awesome. First question, we ask this to everybody. How did you end up writing about fantasy sports for a living? All right, so there's a couple, a couple of reasons. One, I mean, obviously, like anyone, grew up a huge sports fan. Um, I started actually out in fantasy baseball um, more because I'm just uh, 
I was a huge baseball fan and I just started writing about my favorite team, which is the New York Mets, uh, you know, their heartbreaking team to even follow. But I just started doing it as just a hobby on the side. People really liked it. Um, baseball is very analytic driven, um, more so than any other sport. So I just, you know, really, that's kind of what I really enjoy about uh, fantasy sports and uh, which kind of led me to where I am today at FF Statistics, which is another topic. But um, football doesn't really have it's getting more now, but it didn't really have a really big analytic background as far as the other sports. And there was kind of an opening. To, so that is where I got into football because it just seemed like there was a, a kind of a gap to um, jump in uh, and it's getting more popular now. But why I actually got into it for a living, not to get like too real on everyone. We don't have to get like too far into this, but I, I noticed more in our industry has bothered more and more people. It's uh, anxiety. I, I deal with it kind of like, on a daily basis. And this kind of gives me the opportunity to do something I love. Um, I'm comfortable with, and uh, gives me an opportunity to kind of like work uh, on a different schedule because of, you know, some things I deal with, with that. But, you know, like I said, we don't have to get too into that. That is a, this is supposed to be a fun show, but I know a lot of people out there deal with it. Um, And uh, I always like to bring up the fact that like, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, even I deal with and that's, this has been a great outlet for me to be able to, you know, kind of do what I love and still kind of manage it. Couldn't agree more. I mean, we, we both manage full-time jobs and, uh, and, and we do this uh, a hobby really doesn't do it justice because the amount of time we commit to it, but it's a real passion and love for us. And um, it's great that you can be so flexible with it in the sense of if you just want to write or if you want to podcast, you can just get access and get some time and, and just do it. And I think it's, it's so great that, you know, there's so many people that can write and you give so many people the opportunity to write and do things uh, that provide great content and great outlets for people. So it's, it's amazing what you do. Yeah, I love working with so many people at the, at the website. Uh, we got started like uh, right now we're about maybe um, 16 months old. Uh, not too much. Uh, the the ffstatistics.com is a, the website I mainly do most of my stuff for Addison Hayes uh, is the guy who created it. It actually started as a college project for him um, just as a, you know, kind of a, a data database. Uh, he made the website to kind of do, um, you know, visualizations of data for fantasy football and he put it online and I found it pretty quickly after he started up and coming from uh, fantasy baseball, you know, there's a, a very, uh, you know, very famous site called Fangraphs, And I just kind of told him like, you know, this can kind of be like the fan graphs of fantasy football, but he wasn't kind of doing anything as far as content or rankings or kind of any of the stuff that people kind of look for on a daily basis. So, um, you know, we kind of, kind of went from there pitching the idea of, of, uh, you know, how far reaching and and awesome this could be. And just ever since that day, I've, uh, I just became the, uh, uh, I took it on with him, co-own it, and uh, just started hiring people left and right. Now, we uh, we put out a couple of articles a day. We have you know Dynasty, Devi, Redraft, uh, just prospect um, writers. Uh, we have a whole graphics department. Uh, so it's 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 grown like crazy. But uh, yeah, this is our first full off season together as a team because last year we were kind of just growing a little bit. So it's a uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. Uh, trying to keep up with the growth is interesting, though. <laughs> we feel that a little bit, not nearly as much as you do, but trying to stay with the current flow of whatever you're doing is pretty tricky sometimes. Yep. So, who's your NFL team? That Green Bay Packers. Um, interesting. Like my, I grew up. My my uh, my dad grew up in Binghamton, New York, which is not. I mean, you think of New York, people think like New York City or like up in Niagara Falls. This is like you know, in middle of nowhere, New York. Um, Again, I, I said I was a Mets fan for baseball. That's because the the um, minor league team was right there in Binghamton. But there was no football team around. Um, the, the New York Giants were several hours away. And the uh, the, so there was no one he could really catch like, uh, um, in the newspaper or on, on television. But the team that was always on the radio was the Green Bay Packers. So um, – he grew up, you know, uh, you know, Bart Starr was his favorite player. So, you know, like most things, uh, our dad's favorite teams tend to be our own. So, yeah, I grew up uh, a Green Bay Packer fan. Luckily, uh, one of the teams where we just keep rolling out Hall of Fame quarterbacks over and over again. So I'm worried when Aaron, when Aaron Rodgers is finally done, if we're going to be able to find another one. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. you, you're saying that Deshaun Kaiser is not going to be the next uh, the next Hall of Fame quarterback. I have my doubts. I have my doubts. It's funny, like uh, I mean, with, with regards to your opinion of Drew Locke, that was uh, the guy. It looked like the, the Packers were going to try to grab um, in the second round, and then Denver jumped in front of us. Uh, I know some of our some of our writers who are Denver fans aren't even big Drew Locke fans, but I thought that that was kind of like you know it looked like maybe that was the next direction we were going to sneak in, grab him, sit him on the bench for a couple of years, and he might have been the way to go. But yeah, currently we got nothing, nothing in the in the line behind Aaron. As a Denver fan, Matt, I'm quite excited to hear you say that Drew Locke could have been the next Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. So <laughs> an exciting statement. Uh, talking of those two, have you listened to the Sports Wars? podcast series based on Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers I have not actually I think it's by Gimlet um it's a really good five six part series about how the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers and how he came in to sit behind Favre and the story of how they all duped it out almost and Favre coming back as a Viking and it's a really good interesting series even if you're not a Packers fan but seeing as you are you might enjoy it has the author of Gunslinger on the final episode talking about that rivalry in a lot of detail as well that's awesome. I'll definitely uh, give it a look. Yeah. And then my second point is I've never actually had a, a baseball team. to. I've never had to pick a team to support baseball-wise. But when I visited my sister in Utah, we went to see the Orem Owls, and there was like six people sitting down watching it on the only six seats. And I was one of them, and it was front row behind the catcher. So, And they're affiliate of the Angels, so I suppose I should probably start supporting the Angels. Well, they got the best team. They got the best player on the planet, so there's a good place to start. Mike Trout, right? Yeah, Mike Trout. He's actually, uh, I'm from South, I'm in Southern New Jersey. He, he grew up uh, probably 15 minutes from where I uh, am currently sitting, interestingly oh. enough. Oh, wow. That makes a difference to our conversation, but eh, interesting tidbit of information. It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, we've got, we've got baseball here this weekend, this coming Sunday. The Yankees and the Red Sox roll into town for a two-game series. Yeah, the uh, it's funny. I was looking on the other day. I saw the Yankees had like two games off in a row on the schedule. And I didn't know for the life of me why, because in baseball, that's like unheard of. You either have Monday off or you have Thursday off. You play every other game, every other day of the week. But no one ever has two days off unless it's like the all-star break. So, yeah, I forgot that they are having that uh, series out there. It'll be interesting to see how it does. I know the NFL is like wildly popular over there i mean it'd be interesting to see how baseball is received it's obviously a very different tempo yeah i think i mean i'll be there sunday so i'm going to game two of that series um the tickets sold out very very quickly um they sold out in hours and there's a lot of demand for them um so i think a lot of people are i think intrigued by the idea i don't know how many people are diehard fans but i remember when the nfl first came here a lot of people came for the I guess the mystique, the uh, and there was a lot of intrigue as to it. I, I don't think there was as many what I'd call true fans as there are now. And I think it'd be interesting. They've already confirmed games for next year. So I think that the uh, MLB have really decided that they're going to commit some resources into doing what the NFL have done and put a game here or two, basically a two-game series every year. And, of course, we have an NBA off-season game here, which is like a, I guess like a, is it like a preseason game or something like that? It's here every year. So there's clearly a lot of appetite for it. And I think it will take off. I don't know if it'll be to the same level of NFL, because I think like you say, it's a very different pace. And there's also, you know, it's 162 game season. So I can't see people really subscribing to 162 games of baseball over here based on my sports knowledge. Yeah, I think if they do one series a year, it'll do well when it goes over there. It'll get a lot more eyes on the sport, but you can't can't compete with the NFL as far as like you come over there and like you said one game in the NFL it holds such such importance. Like oh, it can make or break a season and to the degree where they could theoretically actually have a team based over uh, in the UK. It would, I mean, the, the schedule would have to be wildly different. Like they'd have to be almost like six home games in a row, then six home away games in a row or something in order to uh, accommodate it. But you, you, I mean, nothing like that can even be approached in baseball. Uh, so yeah, the, it, it will never have the following that the NFL has just because of the way it's set up. No, I think, I think with an NFL franchise, I think the way you would do it is four weeks here, four weeks there and to have them based with the team that moves here. So you know, if it does happen, you'd look at a team like Jacksonville is probably the perfect candidate. So they could still keep their training base and be based there when they're stateside. But basically, if they can do clever things with the schedule in terms of their four road games being relatively short distances from one another. So if they've got four West Coast teams, try and 
group them together, but then have a base in Jacksonville for like bye weeks or however it might work. So you could probably do four games to start in London, then four games on the road, then four more games based in London, and then have the last four on the road uh, towards the end of the season. But then you'd have to have the playoff games, you know, in yeah. America. I think that's the that's the real sticking point is where it gets tough. You can't have postseason games in London, which I think will be the real sticking point to any move. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they're going to try to do something. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the logistics, but it definitely looks like it's head that, headed that way. Yeah, definitely. FF statistics, Matt, what's been the high point for you today? Jeez, <laughs> the high point. I don't know. I mean, there's been so many. I uh, I guess uh, when you just start to see some of like, you know, the big name people in the industry just start randomly quoting and using our data on a regular basis um, is, is nice. But um, yeah, I don't really have a, like a, maybe a, a specific one. I mean, we, uh, we launched our uh, paywall where we actually uh, went, you know, now we're in like Patreon where we have the different tiers. We're doing like bonus podcasts. Now I'm starting a daily podcast soon called the daily blitz, which are going to be short little like 15 to 20 minute ones. Um, just kind of relevant information. People can digest really quick. Um, and we have a lot of, uh, we're going to be doing a Sun, uh, FF Statistics Live, which will be live on NFL Sunday, where we do it like two hours before the games. For, and these are all for like bonus tiers. We have, we just have, we have a large group of people that uh, just love fantasy football. And it's great to like, just in our back end, like in Slack, uh, you know, which is like a, a company-based um, chat uh, app, if no one knows what that is, listening. Um, but the, the most exciting thing is like uh, I said, we're going to Canton. Um, where the football hall of fame is in August and we're all going to go. We, we started off with like, I remember our first meeting we had on Google Hangouts with me and Addison, a couple uh, with Peter Howard and Michael Zingone. I remember it was just the four of us. And now we have like 40 people and we're all going to meet up in Canton. We're like renting a house. We're going to have like a, a live draft, a huge barbecue, and we're all going to get together and finally meet. So I think the high point is actually this kind of coming season where I think we're all excited to take a step forward. We have like a free draft kit coming out. We have a lot of exciting stuff. So um, as far as the high point, we just been kind of keeping our head down and grinding so much that I guess I haven't really come up to breathe to really experience that because we're constantly just kind of moving forward. But I think the the high point is going to be maybe when we take a step back in August and uh, all meet each other and kind of, I'm looking forward to that. I love that. I think that's amazing. I think that's, really know or think it's going to yeah it really take stock as to as to where you are and, and how far you've grown so let's let's move the conversation on to um sort of 2018 fantasy season and, and then 2019 fantasy season so in terms of last year how did the season go for you how many leagues did you play in um how did you get on any championships etc yeah i'd probably play in about like maybe five leagues i know that's I, and for for the industry that's probably low uh, i know some people are in freaking 20 to 30 i don't like to be in leagues where i can't like pay attention all the way um i really like to be involved in uh in the ones i'm in where i really don't like being in ones where people aren't paying attention therefore i don't want to be that kind of owner so i was only in about five um I did a couple of experimental ones. Like I did a Roto league last year and I tried my first IDP league. Um, So I guess the total was seven, but uh, five that I was really like totally committed to. I I took home two championships, which is not bad out of five. Um, But yeah, I I do dedicate a lot of time to DFS though. I do. I, I host the DF statistics podcast with Scott Michaud and I, uh, I am really heavily invested in DFS. So as far as like regular fantasy, yeah, not too many leagues, um, but uh, DFS, like, uh, I'm crazy uh, obsessed with. It is, it is good fun, DFS. I do enjoy picking a team sort of weekly, but it just it seems to take all my money and I never get anything back, which is disappointing. <laughs> Last year, I was like actually on an unbelievable roll. Um, uh, we, we got uh, sponsored by uh, DraftKings, so... Uh, we started doing, I started doing a lot of stuff on there. I started the season, I think with like a $20 total commitment. I, I don't know my, my return on investment ended up being like, I don't know, 8,000%. Uh, I ended up with this like absurd amount of money where I just kept, I mean, I broke, um, I, I got paid out in GPP every week. Um, it, it was, it was literally unrepeatable. I mean, there's skill involved, but there's also obviously luck involved. Um, but I remember um, last year, something that was really cool is 
uh, I just kept taking the, uh, the profit out and then putting back in my initial investment, but then increasing how much I would bet on each one. But I just kept doing doing well and doing well. Uh, and I do, by the way, a couple of players, Austin Eckler, shout out to Austin Eckler. Uh, he, he continued to be cheap all year and he guided me to quite a few uh, huge GPP victories. I took all of the um, money I won and uh, we actually, uh, me and my wife went to Children's Hospital and uh, kind of bought a whole bunch of presents and gave them out. Um, to all the kids, which was really awesome. Uh, kind of got the idea from uh, Scott Fish, you know, Scott Fishbowl. He, he has Fantasy Cares where he kind of does something similar on a much larger scale, obviously. But uh, yeah, DFS uh, was very kind to me last year, but I kind of felt wrong <laughs> kind of like keeping all that with, uh, with all the, the charitable things going on. So the, the, me and my wife being able to do that was pretty cool. That's incredible. That's a really generous uh, thing to do. And it's great. I mean, we're we're in the Scott Fish Bowl for the first time this year. We're really looking forward to uh, to getting involved, and we'll try and do something to to raise some money for Fantasy Cares. And yeah, it's it's just amazing that, that the fantasy community. I think people see um, all the engagement, but they don't think they hear all the good stuff that Scott and yourself and all these people do in terms of raising money for charity and charity leagues and and all these sorts of things. I think it's it's one of the really great things about the community that we encourage people to join and, and play and, and get to know because it gives so much back to people. And it's, it's stories like this that, that sort of really inspire you to, to do more and want to do more. A one side thing here, not to take us too off topic, because I already did that earlier on. You got, probably guys are pulling your hair out. Um, uh, I am the, uh, the CFO of Clipcast is one of the things I do. If no one ever heard of Clipcast, it's basically like Google or YouTube for fantasy uh, football or fantasy sports. Really all podcasts is where we're heading with it. But you go to clipcast.app, we actually are um, going to be uh, bringing out an app, like an actual app in the app store uh, soon. So keep, uh, you know, keep your eye out for that. Uh, but we are actually going to partner with the, the SFB Podathon. Um, you know, where the, uh, where they have the 25 straight hours of all the different, uh, you know, fantasy analysts that are going to be a part of the Scott Fishbowl. It takes place the Sunday, uh, noon, the Sunday before the, uh, the draft starts and all the big names in the industry, you know, Matthew Barry Harmon, I think, uh, the fantasy footballers is going to be on there. We're actually partnered with them from Clipcast. So we are going to basically, um, what you do is you go into the site and you search for anything you want, team, player, um, anything you kind of want to hear about and you just hit enter and immediately it kicks back a whole bunch of clips, maybe 15, 20, 30 seconds of just relevant clips talking about the player you want based on like pods that have happened recently going backwards. It'll even make a uh, playlist with you that it can take with you. Um, so we're going to be covering the entire uh, potathon. Uh, we're going to be breaking up into like four hour increments. So if anyone misses anything, um, you can actually go in there and search it. We'll have a filter for just the potathon, but they are uh, raising a ton of money for fantasy cares as well. So it's just one thing. If you want to kind of take part in that, you know, check out the potathon. We're going to be um, clipping the entire thing on Clipcast. So if you forget anything, you want to hear something from a, from like, you know, a, one of your favorite podcasts or a guest, just type them right in the, at clipcast.app and, um, or at Clipcast on, uh, on Twitter and you'll be able to follow it all. Sad to say that because uh, just, it goes along the, you know, the, the charitable kind of conversation. Yeah, man, fair play. It sounds like quite an undertaking to clip all of that stuff from 24 hours of podcasts and stuff to, to get your little clips. But it, it sounds really interesting, actually. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I, I did some searches on it because um, just, just for a giggle. So we, we know Ethan Turner quite well, and uh, he's mm-hmm. been on our pod. And uh, I was on Clipcast, I think, probably about six, seven weeks ago and uh, just searched him randomly just for some of his uh, injury takes because there was something he mentioned about DK Metcalf and just wanted to search that and listen to it again and uh yeah use it for that it's a really good and insightful tool yeah thanks so we're uh yeah the uh it's pretty cool it's free to use too i should say this this is not a thing where we're having you go there and we're going to direct you to like pay us a dollar or anything it is free for everyone to use no absolutely going back to to the fantasy season what do you think is going to change uh for for fantasy players in 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 2019 what's going to change uh i would say that for just like regular redraft leagues, the only thing that is likely going to be different is we started seeing this last year, actually uh, running backs. A lot of people were like doing zero running backs. Uh, you can't, you just can't do that uh, this year. 
I mean, I'm sure ADP and different drafts are going to show you, you know, the, the top four in the league are going to be Zeke, Saquon, CMC, Kamara, in some kind of order with still uh, guys like DJ, uh, Gordon, Connor, Le'Veon, Gurley, maybe, you know, maybe even uh, Mixon all going in the first round. Um, pretty much all the premium running backs are going to be gone in the first couple of uh, couple of rounds and and sure there's value to be found later like Devonta Freeman um Aaron Jones if he makes it to the second round uh you know uh, carry on is a guy I really love um Derrick Henry but you're really risking it uh if you if you're if you're falling out so I I would say that uh, the big thing now is 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 the value of running backs whether you're gonna kind of go with the rest of the 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 think tank and just roll with running backs early or you're going to have to really do your research grab the quality uh, wide receivers and uh and and kind of take your uh, chances chances later i mean like i said there there's plenty of value to be found but you gotta hit there's not a lot of like you know there's a lot of question marks later um which is you know which is which is kind of the way – I mean, I'm going to be taking running backs early just because there's so much great value of wide receiver late. But, I mean, that is the big difference. Um, everything else is kind of sticks the same. Deep wide receiver pool, weight on tight end, weight on quarterback. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the same old thing other than, you know, r- the quality, dependable running backs are few and far between. You can get value, but dependability comes at a premium. Yeah, Murph and I are currently drafting together in one of our listener leagues, and we were 11th? 9th. 9th out of 12th, and we went uh, Newt Hopkins, and then we took Julio on the on the return, and then we managed to get Devonta Freeman and on Johnson. And Oh, I love it. That's, the, that's a perfect draft right there. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, we got Mark Ingram as well, and Devin Ingram at tight end. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm picking 10 in Scott Fishbowl, and that's this year – that like you guys were picking and you said nine was it or 11 what, yeah. what did you say no, you picked we, we picked, yeah we picked ninth um so yeah it, we we took the first wide receiver off the board um mm-hmm. so we had the pick of adams and hopkins which was obviously really interesting and then stocks were saying like we'll go wide receiver wide receiver and i i just don't like preordaining to a strategy but when julio came back i was like this is just a no-brainer like we're going to get two of the top three wide receivers projected. Um, so, yeah, th- let's go ahead and punch that. And then, yeah, when we got uh, Devonta Freeman in the third, it was like, this is just this is as well as could do. And then we got Carry on in the fourth. And then we had the Ingram versus Ingram debate. And I was pushing for Ingram. and But, but realizing that this was the floor for tight ends because Howard Henry had gone off the board. It was Ingram or just jump off a cliff so <laughs> yeah. we took engram and then thinking well we'll see if we can get like lamar miller on the way back and ingram still remained on the board in the sixth round it was like this has just fallen perfectly into our laps yeah i i'm glad you brought up your the way it rolled for you because my i love drafting at the back half this year because you can't afford to grab a couple of studs and the the risk you it fell perfectly for you you got freeman and carry on i had it fall where I didn't like if those guys get taken early and then you you have to end up taking like you know you fall into that weird zone where you have to take like Kenyon Drake that's where it can kind of be sticky but the way uh picking at the back half is great because yeah you can get two stud wide receivers and still like you you know pick up the uh you know carry on and uh Devonta and that is literally that is like my ideal draft where you guys just did actually so um yeah that's the dream (laughs) Yeah, it, the strategy worked out quite well there. And uh, speaking of strategy, do you have any specific strategies that you do for your season and strategies that you use to prepare for your draft? No, like you said, it's kind of hard to walk in with a plan because every draft is different. You do like a million mock drafts and it really goes, it just depends on who you go in with. Um, if you're going into a, into a draft where you're, you're going to take it super seriously and you're in there with, with people, um, especially any analyst, that's a totally different thing. It's good to know um, preferences of the other people. <laughs> that is actually more important than rankings. Rankings are kind of useless as far as I'm concerned going in any kind of draft. Uh, I'd love to know who the people prefer um, in the draft in case they line up with what I prefer so you know who you have to reach and who you can let fall, which is really everything. Uh, but I do go in with my own tiers. 
which is a big thing people kind of need to learn, forget rankings, but go in with tiers, which is kind of something similar. You want to make your own personal tiers as far as like, who do I consider the cream of the crop at running back? Who is the next group? And kind of decide like, you know, like you said, when it comes to the turn, can you afford to wait on a guy like Ingram, who else will be there? And you can make kind of that determination. If you're just looking at rankings, it's, it's kind of hard to make that determination. But if you determine there's like, you know, whatever, seven tight ends you're comfortable taking. And then after that, it's just garbage. Uh, you can make the choice whether to take that last guy in your tier or take someone else. And then no, you're waiting till the end of the draft now. So tiered um, going in with your own tiers is I think one of the most important things people need to learn to do. Um, rather than just go in relying on the ADP in the in the draft room or some kind of a spreadsheet you downloaded from somewhere. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And we talked about this yesterday on our show, and we talked about cliffs. So where it just you touched upon, it just jumps off a cliff where if you draw a line, if that's the last guy, and if he goes and I've not got what I need in that position, I might as well just leave it and just go mining at the end of the draft and try and load up in other positions because then it's a bit of a much of a much so for me tight end is like Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry and I think at that point it sort of falls off a cliff you know quarterbacks I'm thinking like Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold and then for me that kind of falls off a cliff um, and then it's just like well okay I might as well just abandon the position and just pick one up and I'm probably streaming because it's never going to give me the value and the production I need so I think what you mentioned about mocks is really important to try and understand where that cliff falls and what you mentioned about looking at the people in your draft and and what they prefer. Because if you can anticipate where the cliff drops off, then you know to get ahead of it. Because if not, you might as well just, you'll, you'll be chasing and then that's not a nice place to be in the draft. Yep. Uh, One thing too, I mean, this is more for dynasty. Um, It makes more sense because in, in, if you do this in redraft, you, you have to rectify it really fast, but um, ignoring your roster needs in a draft is, is, is a good way to go in dynasty for sure. In redraft, it's a lot riskier because you have to fix it before the season starts. Um, I hate reaching for a player that I need, a, um, like to fill a roster spot. Like, you know, oh, I, I could take, um, like, I don't know, someone at the top of my head, let's just say uh, uh, Christian Kirk fall, fell in my draft and I'll, I already have a bunch of wide receivers, but uh, you know, I, I don't have a tight end. And then all of a sudden you find yourself reaching really high to take, you know, like, uh, you know, to take a advanced McDonald or something. Um, not that there's anything wrong with him. I actually love him this year, but it's take the best available talent, especially in dynasty. I mean, you, you it, just uh, take the best available talent you possibly can every single time. I mean, you don't want to totally, you don't want to take like 50 wide receivers, but yeah, don't, uh, don't go out of your way to fill roster spots when you could um, simply take like great value, never pass up great value, I guess is, is my main point. I'm kind of like rambling here, but um, yeah, let's just say you drafted Travis Kelsey early. Um, and you're kind of like set at tight end, but then later in the draft, like you happen to really like, let's say something positive. You, you, you really like Vance McDonald this year. Um, take him if he is, you know, far and away the best tight end available. And then you're, you know, instead of scrapping at like Jamal Williams or something for, uh, like a running back need. And then maybe you can like flip Kelsey and turn that into a much better running back and just stick with Vance McDonald, something like that. But that's something that I think a lot of people just reaching for positional need, especially in dynasty is unnecessary in like a startup draft. Yeah. Especially when rosters are so big as well. That's the thing you can, yeah. you can really plug holes later on. And like you say, trade, use people for trade bait. If you happen to have excellent depth at one position and, and so forth, Matt, do you have three top tips to keep on top of throughout the season? Uh, don't get married to your own players and trades. Um, if you have a need, there's only so many weeks uh, in a football season. If you have a need and you know you have one, you got to go and fill it. Uh, so if if someone offers you like a fair trade, don't you don't have to get. I mean, I know everyone wants to win a trade. You don't have to get over on everybody. Um, no, try to be open minded about something. If you have a real need, just go ahead and fill it. Um, 
if something's fair, make a deal. So, I mean, I know that's kind of two tips in, in, in one. Don't, don't overvalue your own players and fill needs as, as soon as you can. If, if it looks like you have a liability at uh, running back two and you have a couple of good tight ends or you have good depth of wide receiver, um, you know, make a deal and make it quickly. And I can't really think of a third tip off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, you just, you kind of had just to, don't get stuck in your ways. It's kind of, kind of a mirror of what I just said. You, you just got to be willing to adjust. And uh, just because you were really sold on a player, like you maybe you drafted someone high, you were really, really um, expecting to do great. And it's obvious they're just not with it this year. You, this is not something you're doing in like week one or two. You got to give things a chance to play out. But if something's obviously not going your way, don't be, uh, don't be like boneheaded or, or I should say uh, stubborn about a player. You just kind of be able to you know, move on. It's too short of a season. You only have 17 weeks uh, where, where you can do some things. I mean, or shorter just to get to the playoffs. So you just got to be willing to, to alter your mindset quickly. Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important, uh, you know, stocks jokes to me because I made a comment once that I'd uh, trade my mother in a fantasy trade if it meant I ended up uh, uh, filling needs and uh, <laughs> progressing my, uh, my roster. You just, sometimes people get too attached to their favorite players I think it's just the biggest mistake you can make because it, you know, if I know somebody that's their favorite player, I know it's going to cost me far too much to get that player and I just can't ever do a deal with it. So I always move on and you can offer what is fair value or just, you never get, you know, a fair value for that player. And it just really handcuffs you because I could have something that you really need to progress your roster. There is a way that two teams win in a trade and you've got to try and pitch your needs to that person's needs and you've got to try and do a mutually beneficial trade. Otherwise, if you're just always chasing to try and win the trade, you'll end up losing out because you won't get the players you need to, to get to the postseason or win your, win your leagues. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Perfectly agree. So talking of playoffs, do you have any uh, key factors when managing your roster heading into fantasy playoffs? No, not really. Uh, there's nothing, I mean, there's not a lot you can do. Um, injuries are going to happen. You can, if you're maybe, you you can't really plan ahead as far as uh, matchups, like in a draft situation. If you're in the middle of a season and you're making a trade, you can always try to use that as a tiebreaker. If it looks like you're heading in that direction um, and you can try to make a swap. Um, I sometimes try to uh, try to like edge out my league that way. Or if I see someone has a a really uh, healthy playoff schedule and someone's out there is like dangling or has a need and I can make a move like that mid season, I'll try to maybe do that, but there's not really a whole lot you can do. Um, you know, going into that, I mean, you, everyone's kind of preparing the same way at that point, there's no one really on the waiver wires as far as you can't really buy your way to a player with a fantastic schedule. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have a deep, if you have a really deep, um, if you have a really deep bench and you are in a league that still uses defense and special teams, which should be banned. Um, you know, that's something you can always do. Grab an extra roster spot. If you see some, you know, some waiver wire defense happens to have a layup and you're streaming defenses, you can do stuff like that. But overall, it's uh, not a whole not a whole lot you can do. A little posturing midseason, that's about it. No, I, I agree. I think it's uh, good, good advice for players. So let's move on to an area of expertise uh, for a final few minutes here with you know, obviously fantasy football research, you run a fantasy football statistics website. So just to give a bit of insight, I guess a little bit into what you do, but also in terms of areas that you can focus on or our listeners can focus on from a, a research point of view to be better at the game. What are some of the key metrics you tend to focus on or you think are good areas for people to explore beyond say rankings based on your experience? Is it air yards? Is it targets is it i mean what sort of some metrics that people can start to do some research on that will give them a bit of a fantasy edge this year yeah sure uh yeah ignore fantasy points ignore rushes ignore receptions uh all that stuff is worthless um kind of like uh it's just base statistics that just show you what happened you want to know what will happen maybe what even could have happened you want to look at splits and uh targets stuff like that um for wide receivers you want to look at targets um you want to see who is actually getting thrown the ball. Uh, I just, I just finished a, uh, I just finished an article um, looking uh, at a couple of breakout candidates, Christian Kirk and Dante Pettis. 
for the entire season, uh, you know, Christian Kirk obviously got injured week 12. So he only had 12 works to, uh, weeks to work with, but uh, he started out the season with um, like maybe like a 16 uh, percent, like uh, around a 16 percent uh, market share. He ended the season, his last few games tied with Larry Fitzgerald for the lead. And Larry Fitzgerald just kept going down, 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 down. Um, that is a trend that you can expect to continue. So going into this year in their new air raid offense, uh, where they're going to be putting up way more passes, possibly lead the NFL in pass attempts, even though there's more mouths to feed in Arizona, um, you actually see that uh, he's probably going to lead that team in uh, target and uh, a market share, target share. Um, and even though his average last year was like around, like I said, the 16, 18%, if he sticks there, that's going to be more valuable than um, – that's going to be more valuable than a lot of wide receiver ones. But if he does jump up into the twenties, uh, um, then I would much rather spend draft capital on, uh, on Christian Kirk a little later than go with a 25% market share of Corey Davis or a 25% market share of even Kenny Galladay. Not that I have an issue with Galladay. I love him too, but um, targets and uh, target share are a huge thing that uh, you can be looking for. And then you also got to look at splits, how players did with and without a player. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is maybe not the best example because he's going early no matter what. But you take a look at what he did before Amari Cooper got there. He was being focused on like crazy. He was averaging like 18 fantasy points a game. After Amari Cooper came in, he's averaging 25. Um, You know, the defense has to show a little more respect to the rest of the offense. And all of a sudden, um, when Zeke got the ball, he could afford to be a little more dangerous, less people – um, could focus in directly on him. So yeah, that doesn't make like a huge difference for a guy like Zeke who wouldn't make it out of the top five regardless. But in my opinion, he's the 101 um, based upon, you know, a few factors and that being a, a chief one, but you can use that for, you know, how Juju did without Antonio Brown um, and different things and different things like that. Um, you know, how Matt Ryan does with and without Julio Jones, but um yeah, I think the two main things that I love are, are wide receiver targets and then uh, player splits. Both of, of are things we offer on ffstatistics.com, shameless plug, but they're great. They're great things to look forward to. Very good predictors of what to happen. It's not, not, not shameless at all. Um, I think it's something that people should definitely be reviewing and, and, and look at. In terms of then research as well, so obviously you've got your site, which – um, it's an incredible resource, but in terms of, you know, is there any other places where people can, can get this sort of information? I mean, I've, the, the question we get fielded is you're, you're doing rankings, you do research. Where are you finding all this, this sort of great data? Where, where would you recommend some people say other than FF statistics where they can go and, and get some, some good, some good content and information. Okay. Other than ffstatistics.com, the best site on the planet, ffstatistics.com. Other than there, um, airyards.com. You already mentioned it that uh, Josh Hirschmeyer does great stuff. Uh, you can get, you know, average depth of target, um, all the great things uh, for wide receivers on there and for market share. One thing to know there is uh, all of his data does include, um, doesn't take out plays where there's like um uh, we call it penalties. So if you are actually using them in comparison to like actual end of season data, they won't match up exactly. So if you're ever wondering that it's, it's more of a guide. If you're going to use them like and try to cite them somewhere, just know that there's a little bit of a uh, uh, deviation from um, <laughs> raw data, but it's great to use. Uh, one of the best sites in the world is next gen NFL next gen. It's actually, you know, um, just check that out. They have Great, great charts and data on uh, every position. If you want to see, like, you know, um, how many times – one early season thing was you could see Todd Gurley was off to such a fantastic start because they show you uh, how many times a, a running back is seeing, you know, five men in the box or more, um, six men in the box or more. And all the people at the top, like Ezekiel Elliott, like, you know, typical people were seeing stacked boxes like crazy, but you notice, like, Todd Gurley wasn't seeing it hardly ever which was leading to his, uh, you know, early season dominance. And that was because, you know, the spread offense, they're running and the Rams are constantly running three, four wide receiver sets. You can't really afford to stack the box, but it's great. You see stuff like that. So next gen air yards are my two favorite and they're free. I'm definitely going to have to check out the air yards. I've not heard of that before. So that's good. I I use that for some of the uh, Murph on the street stuff. Perfect. Well, I need to be getting involved then because if you know about it and I don't, I'm behind the eight ball. <laughs> so 2019 rookies, 
what do you look at when statting those out or researching into the rookies? Uh, rookies are weird and fickle. Um, people like to do their own. People like to do the scouting ahead of time and how great a player is going to be. Um, and then the the only thing that matters is is uh, especially in a rookie season is their actual situation, like where they landed, the environment they're in, because that determines everything. Um, you know, everyone loved Kevin Harmon and Kakeem Butler. You know, they fell way late in the drafts. Uh, Harmon could still do a lot of damage because he's on an offense where there's not a lot of options, uh, which, by the way, Trey Quinn put him on the top of a sleep, all sleeper lists you have. <laughs> Trey Quinn's going to do some damage this year, and you can get him for practically free. Um, but, uh, yeah, going to, to rookies, uh, it's all situation-based. I mean, everyone didn't think Josh Jacobs was the best running back heading into the draft, but it's, you can't argue – that he is in the absolute best position to succeed in 2019 in dynasty leagues. It's a little different because you, you can project going forward. But if we're just talking about 2019 um, it's all situation based. Like I said, Josh, Josh Jacobs has no one competing with him. Um, it's true that Oakland may not be very good, which could limit, you know, his ability for late game work, but you know, early game work, it's all him. Uh, Damian Harris is great, but you know, he's still going to be working with, um, you know, Sony Michelle will see how his uh, how his uh, his soft tissue injury holds up, and you know James White, um, Philadelphia. They're going to be doing. You know, even though everyone thinks Jordan Howard is garbage, that is the wrong way to think. Track record. Um, just keep looking at it. Jordan Howard's not as bad as you think he is, and Philadelphia loves to run a timeshare. So, I'm thinking 50-50, 60-40 at worst. So, you know that just that's just the running backs, and then you know the wide receivers probably had some of the worst landing spots in recent memory. There were so many people that were excited about uh, the, you know, Hollywood and age and, uh, you know, and AJ, they ended up on the, you know, the Ravens and Titans. And it's really hard to get excited about them. Uh, you know, but um, even DK Metcalf, he landed on a team where, you know, it's a little more exciting now that um, Doug Baldwin retired, but you know, that's a team that loves to run the ball. So you can't get like, Again, overly excited. The only wide receiver I'm totally on board with is Nikhil Harry. Um, you have other guys like Debo who came in overweight who could arrive as, as one of the best people in San Francisco. He has a good landing spot. Um, but, you know, I know I'm getting really deep into this. You know, I, everyone can, you know, kind of do research on the, uh, the rookies. But, yeah, landing spot is everything. Um, people, some people are like, no, talent is most important. Now, when you're talking about rookies and redraft, it's, it's situation, you know, uh, if, again, if Josh Jacobs was drafted by the Cowboys, <laughs> you know, we would be having a very different discussion. If Dexter Williams, uh, was the only running back, the Oakland Raiders selected, he would have immense potential. You know, I mean, is that's about as good an example as I can get. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's right. I love, uh, I love the fact you mentioned Trey Quinn. So my, one of my hot takes for this year is that Trey Quinn is going to lead the Redskins in, in targets this year. Um, I guess I I could see that. There you go. Um, I guess final question for me would be um, what's your really hot take for 2019 in fantasy? Really hot take. I don't know if I have any blistering hot takes for you. I can name some uh, Deshaun Watson uh, QB one. I don't know how really hot take that is. I'd say it was pretty hot. That's pretty warm. Yeah, I think that's warm. All right. Well, that's my favorite one. Deshaun Watson, QB1. You heard it here. Go book it. I'd say first, but some other lunatics probably also said. (laughs) No, I I, I think it's definitely a minority opinion. um, There's a good chance Mahomes regresses to the point where Watson's regression in a good way goes past Mahomes' regression in a bad way. So I, I can see it happening. It's hotter than... Cold. Well, he last year he you know he started the season with the the knee injury, um, which he had to work his way back from, and then he injured his ribs, which obviously they had a bad offensive line, which they addressed a little bit. <laughs> but he's coming back if he has a you know if he has Nuke, um, Kiki, uh, Fuller, uh, all healthy and his wheels are ready to go, a full season. I mean, he could be, he could be amazing. I just think his value, he's definitely one of the best. If you are one of the people that want to get, especially in like best ball, if you were trying to get one of those top quarterbacks that could actually have monster games, um, Mahomes ADP has, has gotten a little 
um, has taken him out of being a value. I think Deshaun Watson is definitely a guy that people are uh, sleeping on a little too much. I think that's that's fair. Yeah, no, I'm completely on board with that. So, Matt, why don't you let Rush Nation where, know where people can find all your articles, website, podcasts, pretty much wherever you are in the world. And why they should subscribe to uh, FF Statistics as well. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear any of my rambling, uh, incoherent thoughts and sarcasm, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. I had to do the sevens instead of my L's because I don't really have a unique name. So that's the best I could do rather than go into like Matt Williams, like one nine 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 five four three or something. Um, <laughs> He can uh, he'd follow ffstatistics.com. We have free articles every day, which kind of showcase our tools. Uh, but uh, we have three different tiers. If you want to subscribe, five, ten, and fifteen dollars, you can uh, you can kind of task us with researching something for you in some of those tiers. You can ask our experts anything. You have uh, all sorts of great tools and data. Uh, if you want a sneak peek at them, we actually have for free on the website how to use or how to. You can check out how to use any of our tools so you can see how valuable they can be to you. And uh, Clipcast, at Clipcast, uh, Clip underscore cast, um, you know, search engine for web, uh, podcast, which is an amazing tool. We'll be coming out with an app very soon. Uh, so that is everywhere you can find me. I am sprinkled everywhere throughout the internet, though. There's nothing wrong with sprinkling yourself everywhere. <laughs> so, Matt, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time, as always. Yeah, no problem. I know you guys. You guys sent me the uh, the what we're supposed to do ahead of time, and I I, I think we skipped most of this because I went on really incoherent uh, side side conversations with you. You weren't planning on. No, oh, no, don't worry about it. They're always the best ones, and you completely go off topic, and it's just so so we always enjoy those ones. But Matt, if you've got time later on in the uh, off season, we would love to have you back. Great, yeah, I had a good fun time. Thanks for having me. No, you're welcome. Murph, I'll see you tomorrow. Matt, we'll speak soon. But Rush Nation, as always, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.